From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now. Hello. Hi, friends. Welcome to a brand new After 9. Coming up at the end of this episode, you can hear today's missed connections from our radio show. How are you? Good. The weekend went by fast. Everybody else? Too fast, Kat. So fast. Way too fast. What's... Um, uh, what did you get up to? You had a party? <laughs> I did end up having a party. So I was uh, I was gonna go, supposed to go to a pool party yesterday, but my friend got the vid. Oh, no. <laughs> but this was... Her that, and everybody else. Yeah, I know. It's like it's going around, right? It's like it's inevitable. Um, so that's too bad. So I missed out seeing some of my friends uh, yesterday. But on Saturday, it was such a nice day. And I got invited out. Um, I had zero plans to start the day off, but I got invited out uh, to go hang out with some friends. So I went out with them and our kids and met up with their friends. Their neighbors actually came out. Um, we took the kids to like a, a fun place, a trampoline park, whatever. And then I was like, this is such a nice day. We ended up going to lunch, all of us. And then we were just like, you guys want to come over to our house? And we, we ended up just having a bunch of people over at our house. Wow. At a fire, uh, the whole nine. So it was really good. A pop-up party. A pop-up party, yeah. Good for you. Like, it worked out. That's yeah. great. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I'll i tell you a little bit about my weekend, and then I'll tell you about the pod from Friday and why there wasn't one. Uh, Saturday night, I'm really, really digging downtown Burlington. I'll say That's it again. great. It is the most underrated city. You know, when you think about the beautiful waterfront that we have in southern Ontario, and I'm talking mm-hmm. mainly about Lake Ontario, after Toronto, there's not really a lot of places to enjoy the waterfront. Mississauga, yeah, you got Port Credit. It's fine, but that's basically it. Oakville, it's all private stuff. You can't really get down to the lake. Once you get into Burlington, it is beautiful, and it was the forever closing of the Queen's Head Pub, a legendary pub closing down forever. Is that what you went to then? Well, You went to say goodbye? Sort of. It was definitely on my list. I went downtown because I wanted to go to Yuck Yucks. I haven't seen stand-up comedy in a while. And it was really, really good. You know, that's an underrated ticket. For 25 bucks, you get two hours of entertainment. Uh, you get the the MC, you get the headliner, and a couple of uh, comedians in the middle. Good night out. So I went to Yuck Yucks, and I went over to the Queen's Head and had a final pint before they closed the doors forever. I think that's sad. The owner said it was beyond their control. They didn't mm. want to close. They were forced to close. Yeah. And I don't know what that means, but I'm hearing way too much of yes. businesses are being forced to close. Dining establishment, especially. I just want to add the Bronte Boathouse was fabulous when I went to Oakville. But it's it was such a great restaurant. But you're right. That waterfront, that whole stretch there, it's 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 beautiful. And right now it's so hard, though, Scott, because we will have conversations about uh, where are you cutting your budget, right? Yep. Where are you cutting your budget? Where are you cutting your budget? I'm doing this less. I'm doing that less. I'm doing that less. And then there's a whole other conversation like support the businesses and do this. Y- 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 n- n- we can't do both. No. It sucks. And people have to pay the price for that. And people continue to pay the price for that. And dining establishments right now are hurting so Badly. You can see it. I mean, I went to a a couple of restaurants. I've been doing it as much as I can, you know, and I went to a couple of restaurants this weekend, actually. One for lunch. uh, One was for dinner. And I noticed both times, like, I I thought, and I actually asked my husband at one point, I was like, remember that time we used to go at this time? It'd be like prime time, 6 p.m. on like a Friday or Saturday night, and you couldn't get a table. You You were on a wait list. The only question was, if you didn't have a reservation, how long is the wait? I I haven't seen a wait. I, I, there are smaller places that are very popular in high populated areas. Maybe that's the case. But just so you know, even like the mid-range cities, like I'm Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge area. So that's where I kind of stick to to go eat dinner unless I'm meeting with friends in Toronto or or 
Oakville or otherwise, I don't remember being on a wait list mm-hmm. in the last little while. Isn't no. that telltale? It is. And, and, you know, I went to a great restaurant for dinner. Uh, it's a place called Elevator. Real upscale place, neat design. It's kind of like a back split that they turned into a restaurant. Liked it a lot. And we were asking the owner because he came over and he was serving us himself. And he's like, hey, I, I'm really sorry here, but all that we have tonight is pizza. And I said, oh, what about the rest of the menu? They can't get staff. It's just too hard right now. People aren't making enough money because there's not enough people going out. Mm. So they've had to cut back their menu very dramatically. And this was an executive chef wow. kind of restaurant yeah. reduced to just doing pizzas right now because it's the only thing that's cost effective for them. Yeah, because restaurants, one of those businesses, you have to cut people in that, that moment if there's not enough people. So servers are in the same predicament where they're like, I, I get, I get uh, hired for the lunch rush. It's supposed to be a rush. It's not. I get cut. In other words, I don't. I didn't even get a table because they have to make sure that somebody makes money. So whether we're supposed to be four servers on, there only only ended up being one. So how do you keep people employed in that case? Of course, they're going to go find other employment. They're not making any money. That's exactly it. And and you know, I mean, I have a feeling it's going to get a lot worse, Kat. There was an announcement made on Friday, I believe it was Friday or maybe Thursday. The prime minister was in London and he was talking about all the things that he he's had an epiphany. He realizes now the economy is bad, and now he says he wants to do something about it. And where were you, like, a months ago? Oh, cat, it's obnoxious. <laughs> I mean, a little off topic, but, you know. I'm not trying to be political here, but it doesn't matter who's in charge. If you, if you seriously are just figuring this out now, there's a problem. Well, it's a lot of backtracking, right? Because now he said, number one, he wants all the CEOs of the big five grocery stores in Canada in Ottawa today. And they need to come up with a plan in the next three weeks. Three weeks from today is the deadline for them to stabilize, whatever that means, food prices at the grocery store, or he's going to tax them into oblivion. Well, I mean, the same prime minister said less than a year ago that that would not be effective, and if he did tax them into oblivion, they would just end up passing the tax on to us, the consumers, and it would cost us even more than it already does. So I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know how you get all of these companies in a room and say, what does he go item by item? Guys, broccoli. Why? Can we agree on two ninety nine? Two ninety nine. Everybody agrees on two. Okay, two ninety nine is the new price of broccoli. It's not going to be like that. No. And and the grocery stores. I hate those people. I just they drive me nuts. There's a lot. Some of them. Some of those chains are real shady. The ones that won't give you an accounting breakdown. They'll just say, "Ooh, overall we made two hundred and fifty million dollars in this quarter." But a lot of it was like cosmetics and, and like from shoppers and the pharmacies and shit like that. So, you know, it's not from the food or anything. I personally think that's a lie. I think that that's just very, very gross to just spin it like that and say we're not making any money on groceries. They're obviously making money on groceries or they wouldn't be in business selling groceries. But without bringing in the suppliers that they buy from, I don't know how helpful this meeting is going to be today. And I don't know what they can really do. And the suppliers don't even really want to be a part of it because then they have to divulge how much it's actually costing them. And then you wonder about their numbers, how much they're charging the grocery stores for it, right? It's like a big domino effect, really. And the government's on defense here. They know the carbon tax has put the price of everything up because when you tax the supplier and you tax the gas that goes in the trucks that deliver it. And when you tax, tax, tax everywhere in the supply chain, of course, prices are going to go up and the government knows it. We know it, but they don't want it actually said Mm -hmm. in testimony or anything. The last thing the government wants is for Galen Weston to come out and say, you know, if you guys got rid of the carbon tax, we could probably drop grocery prices by 10% overnight. 
He doesn't want that to get said because then that puts them in a position where they either drop the carbon tax or they're the bad guys. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing is being finessed and stick handled like crazy. I don't really feel like anybody's trying to get results. I feel like they're just trying to make it look like they're doing something. But anyway, they're holding this meeting today and, and maybe something will come out of it in Ottawa. The other thing that the prime minister said he was going to do was he was going to extend the loans for the businesses that got him, the SIBA loans during COVID. And if you remember, part of the deal was you're going to get this loan. It was like up to 40 grand or something to keep you afloat. And if you repay the loan by a certain date, $20,000 of that is forgivable, meaning you only have to pay back the other 20. Well, the Canadian Federation of Independent Business for a while now has been begging the government, extend it. You know, if COVID had just ended and we went back to normal, it would have been no problem. But you guys have created this massive inflation crisis. Mm -hmm. Nobody can afford to shop or go out. So businesses are struggling to repay that loan on time. And yeah, they want to be able to repay the loan and keep the 20000 forgivable. They did extend it. That was the big announcement last week. They extended it for another year. But the thing is, they only extended that forgivable part of it, that little asterisk, by about three weeks. And businesses are saying, hey, listen, that doesn't make a difference. instead of making it New Year's Eve, now it's like the end of January. We've got to repay it. We're not going to be able to do that. We're not. So we're not going to be able to get this 20000 forgiven. We are in a lot of shit. So unfortunately, I feel like a lot more businesses are going to close yeah. if they don't come up with a way to forgive that. What a shame. And it's, I mean, it's, it's those businesses. Um, there's, there's other organizations having to shut down just because people don't have the extra money to, to do these things and, and to go these places. It's sad. I apologize that there was no pod on Friday, everybody. I told you that I had some personal stuff to do, and that personal stuff, I can tell you a little bit of it. Uh, I'm going through a divorce, for those who don't know. Maybe you're wondering, another one? No, this is still the same one. It's been seven years. Yeah. Almost, right? Yeah, we separated. Six and a half? We formally separated in 2017. Yeah. So, and, and this is 2023, everybody. <laughs> so, uh, it's still in in the process of the courts, and... You know, I, I'm watching this court process unfold. I have been for several years now, and I just can't help but think, fuck, there's got to be an easier way. I, I don't understand why two people can't just go in front of one judge, plead their case, and that's the end of it. But there's there's motions, and then there's mm-hmm. hearings on this and that, and the whole thing is a mess. It, it takes way too long to get it done, and I'm wondering how many divorces are also clogging up our judicial system right now. I mean, yeah. there's a lot. Nobody should be forced into doing anything they don't want to do. Full stop, of course. But, you know, we've got all kinds of different options out there to try and settle some of these disputes without having to take up the court time. So after having just been in court on Friday, now I'm done until the end of next March is the next time that this will get dealt with because there seems to be about six months in between the different phases where we've just got to wait and, and wait and wait and then go through the process again. So the lawyers are quite happy. They're yeah, doing course. very, very oh, well. Yeah. You lawyers know? are ki- just killing it. Well, we just talked a lot about the service industry and yeah. the supply chain. Uh, don't you worry, folks. Those lawyers, especially the family lawyers, they're doing very, very well <laughs> right now. Insolvency trustees and lawyers are fine. <laughs> you ever notice all the commercials on the radio right now? It's a I lot do. of insolvency trustees. Yeah, and I bet you they're getting phone calls. I bet you their phone is ringing off the hook right now, too. 
Apparently they are. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. They're they're definitely, I mean, and hey, hopefully you find one that's worth it for you for sure because there's a lot of options out there. I've learned a bunch of ones mm-hmm. just by working on the radio. Um, by the way, I don't want to sound ungrateful. I, I should qualify that I've actually found this process, the divorce process, quite fascinating. It was a really interesting look into the legal system to be able to see how the process works. And every time I'm there, I'll hear two, three, four stories from somebody else in the court that makes my case just look like peanuts. And it kind of is on the surface, but it's amazing what some people are dealing with. I ran into one person. It was a woman who is currently fighting with her ex-husband or soon-to-be ex-husband for custody of their children and for a divorce and the division of the assets. However, they're Middle Eastern. So when they separated, he filed for divorce in Saudi Arabia. So now there's a jurisdictional issue between the courts in Saudi Arabia and the courts in oh, Ontario. Boy. And and I, I'm led to believe, I don't know this for fact, but I was led to believe by her that the courts tend to heavily favor men in Saudi Arabia, and that's likely why he filed there. But uh. you can imagine this creates quite the the process trying to figure out, well, where do we hear this? Where do we hear that? Does she have to go to Saudi Arabia to argue for custody? Jeez, and, and that's the, a mess. Yeah, I mean... It, I'm glad that we have the family court system that we have, and I appreciate the hard work that all the judges and court staff do, but I just feel, feel like there's got to be an easier way. Some people end up not even divorcing because it's easy. it seems easier for them. Honest to God, I don't know why people are doing this anymore. I honestly don't know why people are doing it. If your divorce is even going to be halfway to contested, meaning you guys just cannot agree on this or that, just stay married. Unless you really... <laughs> some people might have done that. And I think some people yeah. probably did. They looked at the cost of getting divorced. They looked at what they would have left over after the divorce took place. Mm-hmm. And they probably said, I hate you, but I'm not going to lose yeah. everything just to make the lawyers rich here and take all kinds of time yeah. out of my day in the process to do it. Actually, it's so sad uh, when you think about it too. Like I'm a part of a lot of different groups online. I've talked about all the lif- different groups and then the, the drama they bring and, and I read some of the stories. But in all truth, there's a lot of people out there I've read, um, particularly from women who can't leave for those reasons, can't financially do anything by themselves right now and are afraid that they'll get custody of the kids over them. But financially, they're the most worried. And right now, it's really hard for a lot of people, right? So it's kind of sad. You're stuck in a situation. No one wants to feel stuck. In, in a situation. Well, it was it's weird because, again, let's go back to that COVID example that we used at the beginning. There was a lot of people who decided during COVID, I don't like this fucking person anymore. We're done. You know what? I'm going to end the marriage now. And we had every reason to believe coming out of COVID that things would be great, except for the whole money printing fiasco during COVID, which caused all the inflation, mm-hmm. which caused the interest rates. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody knows the story. However, um, now that they're actually out of COVID, they can't afford to go through with the divorce. Lawyers are so expensive. They make more money than Beyonce and Taylor Swift. It's crazy yeah. when you look at the hourly rate. So I uh, I just feel like there needs to be an easier way. I really yeah, do. You know. I don't know what that is. I'm not sure what the proposal would be, but I think that there just needs to be an easier way for people that want to call it quits. It should not be a long, drawn-out process. This is someone you are consciously trying to get away from and the system keeps you bound together financially parentally and in so many different ways it's almost unfair the system we have so i uh i hope that some maybe we can get an an influx of new justices or something like that so they can crank through more cases or do something anyway 
I know. I ranted about it, and I have no solution to offer. Sorry, I mean, guys. It's, it's one of those things, right? You just hope that in those scenarios, I know some people who have separated that have it just, they're fine. They're fine with the way that they have things going, and they don't, they're not spending any money because they agree. And that's hard, but that's hard to find, right? You can't both agree all the time in a lot of cases. Absolutely. It's too bad. We're going to talk about turnoffs and a little bit of the sex coming up in just a few minutes. Plus, like we said at the beginning, the replay of Missed Connections is coming up at the end. First off, let's spend a little time on this. A Niagara area MPP is pushing for the province to get rid of a tax on wineries. That's right, wineries. A private member's bill is going to be introduced during the fall session that will eliminate a 6.1% basic tax on all on-site retail sales of Ontario wines. It's supported by the Ontario winemakers who say that since the tax doesn't apply to the foreign or imported wines, it's just punishing domestic producers. Then you've got a rep here from Southbrook Vineyards that says the vast majority of small wineries are not making money or even losing money, and they need the additional help. What is the tax for? Nothing. Like Like most taxes. It's uh, for nothing. That's such bullshit. Like this unexplained money that just has to go to the government. Kat, the taxes that we get jammed for are really, really beginning to get obnoxious. I mean- The carbon tax is one thing. I I don't know why anyone thinks that higher taxes will change the weather. To me, that's just shocking. Mm -hmm. And then you get a tax like this, 6.1% on every bottle they sell for no good reason other than it was grown in Ontario. What about this business that employs people and offers a nice afternoon out for couples that want to ride a bike and drink at the same time? Tourism. Hello. You bring people here. Hello. Not to mention, it's one of Canada's bigger exports. Wine. We have a whole region of it. I'm shocked. Three of them in Ontario. I didn't even know about this. I'm glad they're bringing it to our attention. I don't know if it's going to work, bringing it to our attention. and I don't know if it's actually... The government, from what I found over history, has not just been like, oh, you don't like it? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You don't have to pay it then. They're not like that. But I also find that a lot of the people who are in charge, not smart people or necessarily even good managers... I don't know if it was even on Doug Ford's mind. You know, we're jamming every single domestic wine producer with a 6.1% tax on every bottle they sell that we don't hit any of the California wines or, or Italian wines or French wines or Argentinian wines. None of them have to pay it. Only the local ones. Why are we doing that? It makes no sense at all. But I'm tempted to say... The politicians probably don't even know we're doing that. And by the way, it's us that's paying it. Because there's no doubt in my mind, understandably, that the wineries are going, oh, 6%. Well, then we'll just have to make this cost 6% higher for the customers. You know, I just feel like we need to really step back and figure out how can we put the emphasis completely on business. I get that everybody wants to build houses as quickly as possible. And that's all well and good if you're a builder or in the trades. But there's a lot of other industries in Canada that are hurting right now because of stupid shit like this. Maybe we should have a whole list of all the different taxes that different businesses are paying and go through it line by line and say, why would we charge local wineries a tax? Fuck that. If anything, you tax the stuff coming into the country and let the the local stuff thrive. Now, I don't want any new taxes. Actually, forget I said that because that'll just give them a bad idea. Now now they're going to tax. They're like, oh, you don't like that? Well, we'll tax everyone then. But next thing you know, we're going to have some wineries who already do, by the way, refuse to sell to Canada because we're expensive as is. Who like still won't bring their stuff here, and then there's it's the gonna mon- be worse. And then there's the monopoly that the LCBO has. You've got to deal with whatever shit they throw your That's way the thing, too, right? And they'll just say no. It's no skin off their back if they're not actually making money here. 
Cap, the cleanup continues in Atlantic Canada after post-tropical storm Lee. One of the guys who works here at the radio station, great guy, his name is Simon. He's on the rock side of things here at Chorus. His mother lives in Digby, Digby, Nova Scotia. That's exactly where the storm made landfall on Saturday. Digby, Nova Scotia. She just moved there too not long ago. During COVID. Yeah. And you want to talk about a good deal. I won't give out too much of her personal real estate ventures because I don't think he was supposed to tell us, but she's got like a, a four-bedroom mansion. She looks out the left side and she's looking at the Atlantic Ocean. Beautiful. She looks out the right side of her porch and she's looking at the Bay of Fundy. Right on the water. But highly dangerous when you get a post-tropical storm like Lee. Mm-hmm. So I was dying for him to come into the studio this morning and I said to him, hey, how's your mom? What happened? Fine. Good. She didn't even lose power. Good. You know, I know we talk a lot about how, oh, we've got to make sure that Canada's ready for the realities of climate change and this, that, and the other thing. I think Nova Scotia's ready. If they got hit by what was a Category 5 hurricane just a couple of hours earlier and they didn't even lose power and the areas that did had it back on after like an hour, I'd say Nova Scotia's doing something right. No, that's, that's very good. No damage, by the way. Power, she didn't even lose it. Other than wind and some high waves, she said... Everything was fine. It's just winter you have to worry about there now. Oh, my God. Good luck. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about the bedroom for a second. It is a great article in today's New York Post. A study specifically about orgasms and what prevents women and men from getting there. Hmm. 46% of women have faked an orgasm. 38% of men have faked an orgasm. Can I tell you that number seems shocking? how many men? 38%. Okay, that surprises me. Is it? Yes. Why do you think that's surprising? Because I, I, I think it's pretty obvious when men do. And I guess it all depends on the act, I suppose. Any yeah, you could really put act? on a good act. <laughs> no, but I mean like any act I, <laughs> that you see, you'd be able to know. I don't know. I feel like guys have an opportunity to fake it. I feel like they do, and I feel like sometimes you sure. have to. And I think I'm I'm not saying that guys don't. I'm just saying, like, if you're not paying attention, yeah, you wouldn't notice, I guess. I find it hard to believe that only 46% of women have faked it. Yeah. Is that the real number? I mean, it was an anonymous survey. No reason to I lie. I just feel like that's real low. I wonder if it's, like, what I like to know more so is, is the, are these relationships or is this like a one-night situation? Because maybe you're just like, oh, fucking get this over with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. I'm done. If it's in a actual relationship. Tell me that's not what it no, sounds like. No, of course. I'm not. I, I yeah, purpose, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm purposely not mimicking what I do. <laughs> um, I'm going to keep that to, to me and my lucky partner. Um, but there's a way to, um, the only way that I could see faking it for women, if you want to get out of the situation, one night stand, whatever, but otherwise don't do that. Don't fake it. Cause you're going to discourage that person from actually figuring out what the fuck to do. If they don't know what they're doing, teach them to teach them what to do. Is it? Teach, take it as a teaching opportunity. Don't just fake it. Cause then you're going to get shit sex. Forever. Forever. Terrible choice. Mm -hmm. Terrible choice. You told one fucking lie all those years ago. And then you're fucked. Yeah. Like literally, but you won't. (laughs) won't But not well. But you won't enjoy it. Not well fucked. You still get fucked. You just won't enjoy it. Is it fair to say that all women are different or are all women the same? Oh, of course. All women are going to be different. That's what I thought too. Of course. So listen, sometimes ladies, and maybe this might seem a little too out of your comfort zone, but 
you've got to be the director here. You've got to call the shots and offer some helpful suggestions and pointers and things like that. If you don't communicate in the bedroom, mm-hmm. it's really impossible to figure out exactly why your partner can't make you come. And I wonder why. I wonder if like, if that was the scenario, let's say, if that was your partner, what are you, are you afraid of hurting their feelings? Are you just not interested in it? So you just want to like fake it to get it over with quicker? Like, what's the reasoning? Why? Why would you do that? Why would you have sex with anyone that you just want to hurry up and get it over yeah, with? Yeah, this is what I mean. Like, So I hope that's not the case. The top mood killers that can lead to a sexual encounter with no orgasm. Number one, bad breath. Mm-hmm. Hygiene. It is Important. 2023. Important. There are entire aisles at shoppers and at yeah. the grocery store filled with items to make your breath smell fresh. There's also all kinds of businesses, they usually say dentist out front, that can fix whatever reason is leading to your bad breath. You just got to make sure that you come in minty fresh. And I don't understand why that's so hard for people. Especially when you're about to go in, right? There's there's prep moments, right? Everyone's got a little prep. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll be right back. And you close the door and do whatever the fuck it is you do yeah. in there. You can do it then. Brush your teeth. Use some mouthwash. Both. Both is good. No bad breath. It's the number one reason yeah. that sex does not have a good outcome is your bad breath. You got to fix it. It's going to be that person that talks right in their face too. Like, you like that, baby? <laughs> <sighs> Gross. Number two. Can't we do it doggy style? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I'm just going to turn around. How about that? (laughs) The position. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's some positions that are better for guys. I feel like there's some positions that are better for girls. Not all of them. Optimum, though, when it comes to having an orgasm. Sure. Number three is the temperature of the room. Yeah, I I get that. I get that as someone who's cold easily. Because then it's like, oh, I have a blanket wrapped over me. <laughs> First, yeah, the temperature of the room is important. How can I keep my butt out but my thighs warm? How do I do that? Yeah. You know, there's all kinds of different things that happen that, that'll definitely affect it. Too hot is another one. If I'm too hot, oh, right. no fucking way. The other way around as well. Yeah, if you're too hot, it's like, ugh. Let's start opening windows, turn up the AC, get yeah. a fan going. The temperature really does have a lot to do with it. Sure. How do you agree? Do you have to check? Like, hey, before I... Put it in there. Are you cold? You warm? Is there anything else I can do here to make you more comfortable before I put it in there? (laughs) Do you want me to get a fan going? Do you need the heater on? What do you need? Number four is one that I don't know that I would have guessed. The lighting. Oh, yeah, sure. Put a dimmer in your bedroom if you don't have one, people. There's even songs out now. Our buddy Sean Desmond just did one. Love me with the lights on. And, And it's all about insecurities, when you're with your special person and, and the lights are on, because not everybody likes the way they look. How do you know the right level of darkness? What's the level where I can set it at where, okay, it's enough that they're comfortable, but not enough that I'm going to stub my toe if I fall off the right. bed. Right, that's, that's when a dimmer comes into play, right? Because it doesn't have to be dark or lo- too bright. Can't we find an in-between? Yeah, I would think so. But I don't know. Hey, if somebody's got a an insecurity that's totally up to them for whatever reason, they're insecure about the way they look with the lights on, or maybe nobody's ever told them how good they look with the lights on. Well, you could try that first. I would probably start there. Yeah. Like you said, Sean Desmond's song is pretty much about that. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm going to recommend it. Next time you're thinking, oh, fuck, we're ready to do it, but I got to jump up and turn the lights off. 
Maybe start talking about how good your partner looks. You don't even need to be in the bedroom to do that. Just ah. tell them how much how attractive you think they are. And that goes both ways, ladies. That's a good tip. Guys like these compliments too. Mm-hmm. Just because he's got a beer gut doesn't mean the lights need to go off. <laughs> what if you don't think it's true? <laughs> <laughs> I know what I look like naked. And frankly, I don't know why anybody likes it. You say it anyway. You say it anyway. Exactly. And the other last factor they say as part of the top five that lead to an underwhelming sexual encounter is overthinking it. Oh, yeah, sure. If you go in there on a mission, and don't get me wrong, I like organization. I like to plan. But you don't need to plan out every step and think, all right, we're going to spend a couple minutes doing this, then we're going to flip over and we're going to do a couple minutes of that, blah, blah, blah. You're overthinking it. Just let sex be sex. And hopefully everybody's happy at the end of it. And if not, get back in there and fix it. Wing it. Yeah, wing it. Go with the flow. (laughs) (laughs) The top things women want more of in bed include. Okay. More cuddling. More kissing. More romance, and maybe a massage first. No, massage first. Seems a little boring. Massage first is good. Yeah, a massage is great. Again, though, ladies, I mean, this is another thing that could work both ways, but uh, a little boring. Women, I get the cuddling thing. What were you hoping a little for? More like, kissing? like handcuffs and fucking whips and shit? Well, I don't know. Something for? a little more mood setting. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like a fucking cake or something. I don't know. There it is. I was waiting for it, guys. You, I didn't even fucking say it. He did. Did you get that? I didn't need to say it. I alluded to it. I didn't need to say it. Well, it just seems like those are simple things that we should be doing anyway. If she likes to cuddle, fucking cuddle. If she likes to kiss or wants a little romance, be more romantic or do some more kissing. Massage first. Well, we all know where that's going. You get two naked people and one of them's giving the other a massage, there's going to be some sex after that. It's like yeah. the law. Even when you just ask for a massage, like, no, just a massage. It never ends up just a massage. Top things that men want more of in the bedroom. Seeing you strip. Well, this goes back to the whole lights conversation, ah, doesn't it? okay. Wants to see you take your clothes off. More banging in general. <laughs> okay. Guys would also like more kissing. Okay, there you go. See? So you th- so there are some people who maybe thought it was just one way because you mentioned the list for women. It goes both ways. Right. Men, women. Unless you've got the bad breath and she had to recommend you do right, a doggy stuff. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yep, asterisk. Uh, we are a week away from the return of Scott and Cat's 10K chicken. Yes. Already dozens of people have found their cluck bucks, cluck bucks hidden all throughout Waterloo Region, Hamilton, Niagara, and Halton. Those are the main areas where the cluck bucks are hidden. And, and they could be anywhere. It could be mm-hmm. on a park bench. Mm-hmm. It could be in a speaker at a drive through They've put them everywhere. When you find a cluck buck, and you'll know it's a cluck buck because it's got a giant fucking chicken on it, scan that QR code on the back. You could win cash. And then starting next Monday here on the radio, no, on the radio, this isn't the radio, this is the podcast. <laughs> On the radio. (laughs) Maybe you're listening on a device you also listen to the radio on. In that case, that's true. True. That's (laughs) when we're going to start playing Scott and Cat's 10K Chicken. $10,000 to give away. And the contest itself, whether you're on the phone playing or you just get to hear it on the radio, is so much fun because two callers, anybody can stop the game at any time by yelling chicken. The other person that didn't say anything, they've got a decision to make. They can keep going. And maybe the dollar amounts will get higher. They can stop 
and maybe split the money with mm-hmm. the person who said chicken, or they could bust and get nothing yeah. at all. If you want to go to one of our um, morning show uh, pages, you can go to 915thebeat.com. You can go to uh, energy, energy 953radio.ca. Both of them have all of the, the details. But the cool thing about the cluck buck, in case you guys are confused, the cluck bucks, if you find them around, that's a separate chance to win cash. That's not like, oh, so I can play on the radio if I find them. No, anyone can play on the radio and when we tell you to call, then the queue to call will, will air starting next Monday. But this is your chance to win cash on top of that. You need this QR code on the cluck bucks, though, in order for your chance to win. This year, it's brought to you by Kook. Coop Wicked Chicken. I was there on Saturday. Did you? Yeah, it's right What's beside good? Yuck Yucks in Burlington. What's good? Uh, the chicken. Because I haven't been yet. Okay, so you get the wings or you get the fried chicken. Both okay. of them are fantastic. I love wings. Uh, I'm a wing person. I highly recommend okay. Coop Wicked Chicken. Oh, I'm excited. I'm going to go soon. I'm pumped. Uh, tomorrow on After 9, I don't even really know what to make of this because I feel like there's a lot of attention on on this protest that's happening on Wednesday but I also don't know many people that are participating in it because they haven't even heard of it. But Wednesday, there's a, they're calling it the Million Person March. And what they're doing is they're going to pull kids out of school and march to Queens Park or your local city hall and things like that. And they're protesting the, the uh, what's the best way to say this? Because I've never read an actual synopsis on what this thing is. Yeah. I believe the protest is to try and get the the trans stuff that's been so controversial in school out of the schools. Namely, this came out from reports that if your kid wants to change their pronouns at school, or maybe your kid decides they now identify as a cat or a dog, the parents would not inform the, sorry, the teachers or the school wouldn't inform the parents. And a lot of parents have become upset about this. and, And I think a lot of teachers are actually kind of upset about this too. So now a march has been organized, but over the weekend, it came out that QP Ontario, one of the teacher unions, is organizing a counter protest. And both sides are warning, don't get violent. And I'm wondering how concerned are they about violence if both sides are warning their people, do not fall for it, don't get violent. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm hoping that it plays out a little more today. I'd also like to learn a little bit more about it. I'd love to hear from people that are either planning to participate in it or planning to participate in a counter protest. Whatever thoughts and feelings you have about it, you can text us 1-833-915-7469, spell show. You can also DM us as well, but we'll sort out what we know about Wednesday tomorrow right here on After 9. We will leave you with the replay of Missed Connections. Have a great day. Enjoy. Missed Connections. Missed Connections on the Scott and Cat Show. All right. This is where we tell you the stories of people who are looking for other people and can't find them. Now, this usually started with an encounter anywhere. Somebody caught the other person's attention. And they've told the story online, hoping the other person finds them. Tis the season, Scott, for apple picking. Oh, good. <laughs> you didn't know it could be romantic. Did you, people? It can. This is called my apple picking princess. To the tall woman in the dark cowboy hat who walked in front of me while apple picking. Hello. She looked me straight in the eyes as she passed me by and said, You're handsome. All without stopping. Just kept on walking. Ma'am, on the off chance, you were just giving me a compliment. I didn't want to follow you. But if you were making a pass at me, I would have followed you anywhere. You were using your dress to hold on to all the apples you were picked. 
<laughs> Don't they have baskets? They have they baskets right at the front. <laughs> Did you miss the sign? You can bring a green bin, your own bag, whatever you want. You don't need to carry them around in your clothes. (laughs) Now I'm going to use my dress. (laughs) Thank you, though. (laughs) I saw you briefly striking a pose near the hay bales with a female friend. And I wanted to approach, but I got got stung by a bee. (laughs) (laughs) And my my mouth was all swole up. (laughs) That's such an apple-picking thing to happen. Most apple picking thing. Minus the cowboy hat. Oh, minus the cowboy hat. That threw me. Aside from that, that could have happened at any apple orchard out there. It's funny that she'd rather use her clothes to carry the apples <laughs> than take off the hat and just fill the hat with apples. Uh-huh. No, I'm good. I'll just put them in my pockets. Like <laughs> there's a there's baskets, there's barrels, there's bags. You got to feel for this guy because he finally worked up enough nerve, right? He's, she's over there doing a selfie. I'm going to swoop in and make my move. And then, zzz, oh, oh, bee sting. Bees are nuts right now. Be yes, careful. They are. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Uh, oh, this is messed up. This one. Wait, 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 wait. Before you move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think she actually was making a pass at him or was she just being nice? Hey, handsome. And kept on going. It's, you know, it, it's all in the way it's said. And I, that's what that's what we're missing here. If it was like, oh, hey, handsome, excuse me. No, she's not making a pass. Maybe you could do a better choice of words so that people don't think you're making a pass at them. However, if it was like, hey, you're handsome, mm. then you know, right? You should sure. know. It's all in the way it's said. Got it. Okay. And there's also some guys, though, who, even if it was casual, would already be planning the wedding as soon as they heard somebody right. pay them a compliment. <laughs> right. So, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This next one's odd. Uh, wedding season continues really here, Scott. And well, keep in mind, even if you're about to propose to somebody, they might be thinking about someone else that very day. I met someone I clicked with minutes after I got engaged. Minutes after you got engaged. Now I'm wondering if it's a sign that I shouldn't have said yes to my fiance. I was proposed to at a wedding for my cousin who invited like 500 people. He went off to chat with my parents after I said yes, and I went to the bar to get celebratory shots. And that's when I met Nick. It was a weird connection instantly. He made me laugh. He made me feel weird feelings, like I'd already met him in another life, but I don't think I've met him here. The conversation was flowing between the two of us, and it was so surreal. And before I knew it, my cousins ran over and scared him off. This encounter is screwing with my life. All I know is his name is Nick, and I'd like to find him so we can have a discreet conversation to make sure I'm not going crazy and thinking this guy was actually the love of my life. I don't know who he was even there with. He was a guest. Please help me. Nick, if you're reading this, reach out. I think it's funny that she mentioned Nick four times and her fiancé not once. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that guy that that asked me to be with him for the rest of his life, so he goes off and talks to my parents. (laughs) But Nick, now there's a man. No, sweetie, I don't think you should have said yes. Can we just can we just highlight one thing that's not right here? She got proposed to at a wedding. Oh, we don't do that. We don't do. We don't do that. Right? Stop doing that. Can we not? That's somebody else's big day. You save your moment for (laughs) another moment. You're literally having celebratory celebratory shots on people who are already married, and now you're taking up their bar space for your celebration. Don't do that. 
And she's not even that interested in celebrating because she tried to pick up the dude that came as a guest with somebody else. Clearly. How do you go from, oh my goodness, yes, yes, I will marry you. I'll go get some drinks to, oh, hey there. Whoa, oh, what's your yeah. name, Nick? All right, Nick. And uh-huh. I, how long was that? Like a minute? Like how Not long even. were they talking? <laughs> a minute, two minutes tops? I feel like we'd met in a previous life. <laughs> was he by chance the guy who sold your fiance the ring that you're wearing? <laughs> I, I don't know, but it seems like this is inappropriate here. It'd be the best if he didn't even remember. If you did track down Nick and he's like, yeah, I don't remember having that conversation with you. I'm sorry. I don't know you. What's Nick's story? Is he there with some? Is he married? Is he recently engaged? I have started to think that she's making this guy up. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even think he was there, quite frankly. Uh, I love missed connections.